your it's your girl april oil and you are tuned into true crime and cheese man let's get it Good afternoon, good evening. Uh, um. <laughs> um, whenever you listen to this, what the fuck is poppin'? Okay. My name is April Duh, and welcome to another episode of True Crime and Cheese, man. Um, yeah, I hope everybody's weekend's going great. I hope you made your wishes come true. <laughs> um, so I originally had like, um, a murder in my head to do for today and i had to switch it up like i had to change routes which i do that that murder is gonna drop but i picked this one i changed it up because this one actually was an unsolved murder i mean technically it still is but they had like for this unsolved murder they had an update like a week ago a week or two ago and i was like oh shit I gotta do this one. I have to. And I had never heard of it. Um, so hopefully you guys haven't heard of it either. And it is the disappearance of Molly Bish. Okay? Think that um disappearances in general, they are so hard to live with because I feel like um when somebody disappears or is abducted, taken, whatever the case may be, and there's no fucking evidence as to what happened to this person, and it, like, years ago by, and, like, nobody knows where the fuck this person is. That shit is so crazy to me. Like, I was watching this show on Netflix. I think it was Unsolved Mysteries, and it was so many fucking people just disappeared. Like, not a, not a fucking trace, bro. And I'm like where are these people like i need to find them like where are they and then the thing is is like when somebody goes missing you almost feel like maybe you could have saw that person like maybe that person was in new york and didn't like i didn't even know and i just walked past that motherfucker and people are looking for him it's crazy i don't know but then there's also like a few cases where it's really like that like they've been abducted for so long and you know their abductor has kind of gotten them into submission to where it's like they won't run away and they just be all out willy-nilly like crazy i don't know it's <laughs> that and un- like unsolved murders them they drive me fucking nuts because it's like who the fuck who the fuck murdered you who the fuck took you why can't we find you why can't we find the person that killed you like oh my god please get a freaking talk ay dios mio ayúdame Oh, Molly Bish. Let's get into it. So Molly Bish, she was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, when she was a year old, her parents, Josh and Maggie, they moved her and her two siblings to Warren, Massachusetts, because they wanted to escape um, like the city violence from Detroit, and they wanted a chance to raise their kids in a safer environment, which respectable. I, I could respect that. Um, but you know, unfortunately, tragedy would strike this family. Um, what, something that I'm pretty sure they would have never imagined, as do many families. I'm not saying just specifically this one, but, you know, no one, no family wakes up to be like, 
you know oh my god this might happen like so just this is such a sad story oh my god it is said that um maggie was very popular she was very outgoing um she was just you know you're all around just sweet amazing girl um so maggie she wanted to be a, a lifeguard and when she turned 16, she wound up picking up a job at Commons Pond to be a lifeguard. And her mother was saying that she was very proud to be a lifeguard. Molly was. Um, she worked very hard for that. And she did get the position. And it, it was a beautiful location. Um, but it's surrounded by woods. And it is somewhat isolated. So it's like, oh my god. So, on June 27th, 2000, um, it was Molly's seventh day on the job. And her mother... Um, Maggie drove her to work. She's like, oh, have a great day, honey, blah, blah. Um, and three hours later, they get a phone call. So um, basically, several people reported that there hadn't been a lifeguard at the pond all day. So her mother is, like, freaking the fuck out because it's like, I I dropped her off. What do you mean? Like, what do you mean that there's no lifeguard? I, I dropped her off. So the mother's like... You know, I got a phone call from the local police who said there had been no lifeguard all day and that Molly's belongings were on the beach. Um, I I just cannot imagine, like... And I have, like, a couple of quotes from her, but I I really just cannot imagine the feeling that she must have felt where it's like, I literally dropped my child off. Like, I lit... I just I can't I can't imagine so um her parents rushed to the the pond and all they found was her daughter's um sandals chair and lunch sitting on the beach but Molly was nowhere to be found um and then her father stated quote it's hard for me to describe that sinking hollow feeling you have as divers are looking for your daughter as dogs are combing the woods and police officers are searching and interviewing people and I almost immediately began to think that something really horrible happened so I'm just like oh my god this story sucks I'm sorry you guys I'm sorry but we gotta get to it we gotta get into it so, according to Chief Ronald J. Syriac of the Warren Police Department, he said no clues were left behind. So, he said Molly's chair, her lunch bag, her first aid kit, and the two-way police radio was right there, intact, undisturbed, so they have no clues whatsoever. But Maggie, her mom, was convinced that her daughter had been abducted, and she realized that she might have seen the man responsible at the pond the day before Maggie disappeared. Boom, we getting into it. It's crazy. I bet you were not expecting that, right? Me neither. He um she told authorities that she had seen a suspicious looking man in a white car parked in the dirt lot of the commons pond where she dropped Molly off. So she was saying that they pulled up to the pond. There was a vehicle parked in the parking lot right next to their car, and there was a man sitting in there smoking. And she immediately felt uncomfortable. She looked at the man, but he didn't, like, greet her. He didn't say anything to her. And she just felt uneasy. And she was like, I did not want to leave Molly with this man. So it was, (sighs) my God. So to put herself at ease, she waited in the lot until the man left. Like, she was just not with the shit. She was like, "I'm I'm not leaving until he fucking leaves. Um... She didn't see him at the pond the next day, but other witnesses did see him. So that day that she saw him, she said that she escorted Molly all the way down to the beach and expected the stranger 
um, to be gone when she got back. And she was like, lo and behold, that motherfucker was still there. Um, she was like, she thought she had been gone like a good amount of time to where he would leave, but he was still there and she was upset that he was still there. So she locked eyes with him and then she's like staring at him, trying to like get him to fucking leave. And he just stares at her, like just stares at her like and like they were having a fucking staring contest and she said that he just squinted his eyes and he stared at her but just kept smoking and didn't give a fuck so she was like well bitch i ain't leaving either so she literally waited for him to leave and it's like good shit good shit um but unfortunately she didn't see him the next day and you know so we're thinking this guy this mystery man is the one who fucking um abducted molly and the crazy thing is, like, the next day, like I said, she she didn't see him. And she saw, like, you know, businessmen nearby, like, unloading sand, um, I guess, for the pond. So she assumed, like, okay, you know, there's people out here. So I, I she should be okay. Like, you know, at least there's people around. And three hours later, she gets the call. So I, I know she must have felt, like, terrible. Oh, get this. The police investigation, they focused on the man in the white car. You know, they had a sketch artist come out and talk to Maggie about who she saw. And um, the sand truck driver had seen a similar car in the parking lot just moments before Molly and Maggie arrived. And so um, the designated lifeguard post is a dirt path that leads from the pond to a cemetery, which that is like... legit the creepiest thing i've ever fucking heard um so you know they a lot of people reported seeing a man by the pond and the cemetery like that white car in both places just minutes before so you know it's it's just crazy and a worker there also saw a white car later the same morning and so this path that leads from the graveyard to the the swimming hole um molly's father suspects that this is where his daughter was abducted and so basically the the composite sketch that um they did based on maggie's description it didn't give them like any credible leads like nothing solid um but desperate for you know answers maggie took action she was like fuck that um she was like, they came up with the idea that an email chain would be a wonderful explosive way to make more than one person get the picture and keep sharing it to others. So more than 35,000 people were emailed pictures of Molly. A website devoted to finding her received thousands of hits, but a year passed without a single solid lead. So they didn't get any hits from this composite sketch within like the first year. So at one point, Maggie contacted a sketch artist, Gene Boylan, who had worked on the Unabon. Unabomber, what the fuck? And poly class cases, which we will talk about at some point. Um, Gene agreed to try to create a more accurate drawing of the man in the white car. So for nine hours, the two women chatted as Gene carefully um, sketched the portrait for her. Um, you know, after the, the drawing, Maggie felt like something was still missing. And so Jean worked hard to try to, to render it for her. So Jean was reported saying that she stood up fairly late um, using her own hand as a model, creating the image of the hand holding a cigarette, and then added that to the drawing. 
Um, and she thinks that that sort of finishing touch really brought everything into focus. So when Maggie saw the photo, she, you know, with the cigarette, she completely like fear just came over her. She, she knew it was him like that. Once the cigarette was added, she was like, okay, this is, this is the fucking man. This is him. This is him. Um, so over the years, two men have been named as suspects in this case. So one was convicted murderer, Rodney Stanger, Stanger? We don't know. Um, who stabbed his girlfriend, Crystal Morrison, to death in 2008. And convicted child rapist turned informant, Gerald Battistoni, um, who died in 2014. Um, I don't know how someone turns into a, a rapist. And then an informant. Um, but, yep, sure, him. So, those two people, they were both um, looked at as suspects due to their resemblance to the composite sketch and their lengthy, violent criminal records. However, they were both ultimately cleared of any type of um, involvement. So, sadly, unfortunately, um, in May of 2003, Molly's body was found buried in a wooded area in the neighboring town of Palmer, um, five miles away from Commons Pond, after police received a tip that a blue bathing suit had been spotted there. Um, DNA evidence was collected at the scene. So, you know, three years went by and then they finally found, found, uh, Molly, but still there were no, like, leads like it was just you know so they said that the family um you know every year like they would have like a vigil and motorcycles would come and you know show support and everything like that to try to you know bring life to the case um because you know and the sister was saying she wanted her parents to feel that love feel that support feel that people are actually out here trying to look for molly which is the saddest thing ever but you know yeah like i it's so horrible like when somebody goes missing you know especially somebody so young like when anybody goes missing period it's just sad because it's like where are you you know return these people back home to their family what the fuck is wrong with you but you know they were not letting go like they were not giving up which amen because you know you want your family member back ah this is just so freaking sad you guys i swear to god all right so going back to these pieces of shit um (laughs) the two suspects that they had um were ronnie stanger like i said so um basically he pleaded guilty in october of 2010 to failing stabbing his girlfriend in 2008 um and he was serving a 25 year prison sentence so um his victim, Chris, uh, Crystal Morrison, so her sister, uh, Bonnie Kiernan, I guess, was saying that she found items because he he was from Massachusetts, and so he knew the area well, um, both where Molly was abducted and where her body was found, and he moved to Florida, and um, so the sister was like, you know, she found like barrettes, hairbands, and other like items that were associated with girls and not necessarily women of her sister's age who was 50 when she was killed so she's like you know they had no kids there were no kids in the home but he there's like kid uh personal effects in here so um 
One of the items also included a Massachusetts gun license with a photo of Stanger that bears a resemblance to the sketch of the the man that um, basically Maggie described. So, you know, they followed up on every lead, but I guess that lead didn't pan out, like, as far as him being the murderer. But they they were keeping their options open. Like, you know, nothing was ruled out or anything like that. Now for this other fucking trash bag, um, Gerald Battistoni, um, he was eyed by a private investigator, um, in the murder of Molly Bish and another, um, girl, 10-year-old Holly Piranin, 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 something, you know, I'm sorry, Piranin, that, yep, so he was, um, serving a 10 to 12 year prison sentence for repeatedly raping a 13 year old girl um and then when it was discovered that he was under investigation for these two murders um it was said that he killed himself now whether those two are related or it's just a coincidence he just so happened to kill himself after he was being investigated we don't know but yeah so, according to his second wife, on the day that Molly disappeared, um, she said that he was working on their car, which was a white Chevy, and had taken it for a drive in the Warren area. So, it's like, hmm, suspicious. So, fast forward to June 3rd of 2021. So, literally, like two weeks ago, um, based on a tip, authorities announced a new suspect in the case and his name was francis sumner senior who was a convicted rapist with a 25 page criminal record so really what the fuck like um i don't know how he wasn't been on the list but whatever um so francis he was born in 1945 he ran several auto shops throughout his life in massachusetts And in 1981, he was found guilty for the aggravated rape and kidnapping of a woman who was having her car repaired at one of his shops. Also um, resembles the man in the composite sketch and smokes with his left hand and in a similar manner. Unfortunately, though, he was found dead in his home on May 4th, 2016 at the age of 71. So investigators have dedicated themselves to seeing Molly's case through to the end and are exploring all possible connections between Francis and Molly. Um, so the Wor- the Worcester, Wor- Worcester? Um, Worcester County District Attorney's Office is asking for anyone with any information about Francis or Molly's case in general to phone their anonymous tip hotline. And the number is 508-453-7575. So if you have any information um, regarding, um, you know, this case or any information in connection to Francis or Molly or both or whatever, um, call that number 508-453-7575. Uh, 7575 and that is the disappearance of Molly Bish crazy 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 um I I just I have no words like I don't know it's just I hope they find um information soon that will kind of put Molly's family at ease it will kind of close the chapter and give everybody some closure because I really I can't imagine what it's like to know or not know um 
you know what happened to your child i mean at this point the guy's dead so it they won't really get like much answers but at least they'll have or they'll know you know who it was which fucking sucks but yeah that is the disappearance of well disappearance slash murder of molly bish you guys that was crazy (laughs) um (laughs) yeah thanks for listening thanks for tuning in um i'm gonna throw up a mini today at some point of my life um you know self-care sunday so we out here (laughs) i'm trying to debate whether or not i want to keep my hair curly or do it straight i'm trying to get my life together today today's gonna be get your life together day and we're gonna get our lives together so get your life together too i hope some of you motherfuckers as listening to this right now y'all got your little face mask on y'all got your hair done you're getting your hair done y'all listening to some bachata cleaning your house you know regular shit (laughs) um yeah so if you want to hit me up if you want to talk to me talk to me fucking nice um, hit me up on my Instagram at April Dasalina. I, I forget to mention that. Um, but yeah, my friend Mabel, she's like, well, how are we supposed to reach you? I'm like, all right, relax. Don't be telling me about myself because you'd be right. <laughs> but yeah, April Dasalina. That's where you could talk to me nice or don't talk to me twice. Um, stay safe. Stay dangerous. Um, don't forget to like, share, comment, subscribe. Um, it really helps me out. And I guess I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.